Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Monday on Fantasy Sports Today, the Super Bowl teams are set. We'll break down what happened on Sunday, take an early look at the Super Bowl in Miami as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today on this Martin Luther King holiday. And want to say good afternoon to Joe Pizzapia. I am Craig Mish, along with our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. You can follow us on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizzapia17. And we're going to get into a lot of other discussion besides football today. But of course, we start off with the AFC and NFC Championship Games. The Super Bowl is set here where I live in South Florida. Two weeks from yesterday, we will see the 49ers and the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl. Joe, not a very uh, exciting championship Sunday for about one half of one game was really the the entire cusp of the eight quarters of football, but clearly the best two teams in the NFL. I mean, save Baltimore. Baltimore had one bad game, obviously, when they played against Tennessee, but two of the best three teams in the NFL clearly made it to the Super Bowl. That's for sure. I would agree with that. Absolutely. And yes, uh, we sat here uh, last uh, Friday and talked about how strange it is when two teams that are favorites cover by more than a touchdown and both did. And that second game, you could definitely argue was pretty much over before it started. But I know we're going to break those all down. But I think we got the Super Bowl that I think will be the most entertaining. I really do. Although the Titan Cinderella story was really fun. I do think they would have been overmatched by what the 49ers do. And on top of that, it's great to have a little bit of a you know, a star quarterback in there, too, because you know Aaron Rodgers is in the twilight, I think, of his career. And Patrick Mahomes is just starting out. And I think last year when you watch that AFC championship game, you felt that the Chiefs really were the better team. But the Patriots just outplayed them on the field and got a couple things to go their way, including a coin toss. And the Patriots took care of business. But if you watch that game, you knew that this was coming. You knew that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were coming. And now they're here. They've arrived. It's the Super Bowl. And I'm super excited because that kid just basically took that game, put it in his hands. And he's giving Andy Reid a second shot at a Super Bowl ring. And I'm of the belief that when he gets that ring, and I say when, not if, because I think they're going to win this football game. And I'm pretty confident in this. And I'm going to stick with this for two weeks. That Andy Reid is going to get his bust in the Hall of Fame, too, which is, uh, I think, deserved because he's a great football man for a very long time. So I think this is super fun, man. I, I'm excited. I am glad we got these two teams. I think we got the two teams playing their best football at the right time. And uh, I think it, there's no way it can't be a more entertaining game than last year. Yeah, we got we got two really good teams for sure. Um, and two teams, by the way, heading to this point that are doing things completely differently, which yes. makes it really interesting because San Francisco right now is playing this sort of uh, old school football, like this 1972 Miami Dolphins style of football where they simply don't throw the ball. Now, again, uh, we don't know how the Chiefs will respond to that. Certainly, if the Chiefs defense played anywhere like Green Bay's defense, San Francisco is going to win the Super Bowl. So it certainly will be an interesting game, no doubt about that. And uh, right now, the money is coming in, uh, of course, on Kansas City, which is not a surprise, where they're about a point, a point and a half favorite. 
And my guess is maybe a little bit higher, but there's going to be a lot of people backing, uh, you know, out in California back and in Vegas backing the uh, 49ers for sure. So it will be very interesting. We have two weeks to talk about this, so we can get into it as we go. Also over the weekend, Joe, uh, the Houston Astros, interestingly enough, had their fan fest like a lot of other teams did. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays did too. They revealed their new uniforms. It looked pretty sharp as well. Yeah, cool. And the St. Louis Cardinals had their uh, winter warm up this weekend. They do a great three day event in St. Louis, but the Astros basically. Uh, not really saying a lot, and um, you know that's fine for them. Altuve, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. But the the Astros' tact is that what they're trying to do, at least from the Bregman sound that I heard, is they're trying to kind of move on without saying anything. And unfortunately for them, that's not going to happen until they do say something. So I was a little disappointed to not hear any kind of remorse or contrition or anything like that. But that's kind of the way that they're going to handle it, I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I think they're remorseful considering you know internally they're remorseful for. Uh, you know, the fact that they have to answer all these questions now about it. I think they're like, oh, I can't believe I got to go through this. But this is what you have to do. This is part of it. And I don't know if they're going to if people are going to lose interest in it. Baseball's a long season. My guess is at some point people lose interest in it. This day and age, I don't think our attention span is going to go over 162 games. And if the Astros are, you know, at the All-Star break, 15 games above somebody else in first place. I mean, what are we going to say then? Or is everyone just going to have to basically shut it? So they're in control of their own destiny. They can stonewall, I think. But the problem is they have to stonewall and play great baseball. Now, they're capable of doing that. But if you stonewall and you're playing 500 baseball, it's going to get real ugly real fast. And I think that's why this manager job is going to be so important, who they end up with. And I know we'll chat a little bit more about that. But uh, at a certain point, too, I mean, what more do you want them to say? I mean, the report said the things. I know Bregman said, you know, like he kept saying with the, well, the report's there. Major League Baseball did what they did, blah, 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 whatever that is. But what do you want him to do? You want him to stand there and say, yeah, we did it. I mean, yeah, we, you know, we, you know, we did it. Like, what do you, do you need him to say it? Like, who cares whether he says it or not? We know he did it. So what's the difference? Yeah. I mean, I think they owe an apology to apologize for their actions of what they did. I mean, I don't, that's the way I see it. All right. Well, I, I guess. I mean, and, and, and unless they do, then this is going to be asked again. in spring. you're right. It will go away eventually. But mm-hmm. spring training is in a month. And in a month, these are all going to come up again because guys like Justin Verlander and George Springer and. We haven't heard from Carlos Correa and some of these other players are going to have to speak about it. And they may even individually have to speak about it and say whatever they're going to have to say. Um, you know, Altuve took the opinion of being a little bit on the aggressive side by saying we're going to be back in the World Series, which is acceptable, but at least something. And I think that that's what is owed. I mean, you have kids that look up to these players and are going to be watching these clips on television and on YouTube. And I don't think the answer is the commissioner made their decision. And that's a decision we have to live with. I personally, I don't think that's it. If you did something wrong, I think it's time to say it. But I, I'm with I, I don't you. Think I agree. Happen. I agree. It would be nice, but I don't. I, I think the place I disagree is they have to. I, I think it's what they should do, but have to and should do are not necessarily the same thing. And I guess the other point too. I mean, we're in a spot now where there are some other little leaks going on, and I'm sure you've seen them too about other teams using other technological things and stuff like that. And I think that's the bigger problem is that. Kind of like what Jack McDowell was going after, which is they're they're going after certain things and certain teams and certain stuff and certain players, whether it be, you know, steroids, whether it be, you know, the cheating scan, whatever it is. But the the problem is, and something that I think you and I both suspect that if you think the Astros are doing it, do we really think the Astros are the only team doing it? They might have had the most success doing it, but they also have the best players. So, of course, they can have the most success. Kind of like if Barry Bonds is on steroids, don't you think everybody, a lot of other people are on steroids? And if so... Don't you think the great player is going to have more success on steroids than everybody else? I feel like the logic there is very, very true. And I don't know if this is going, I'll tell you this. I'm sure this sent a shockwave through everybody that they'll clean up their act after what happened to the Astros. But if you think the Astros are the only team that were trying to push the levels of this technology science ceiling, you are naive, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've talked to a lot of players over the weekend to ask how I should be approaching this. 
And uh, a lot of them would confide in me because these are longtime uh, friends of people who played the game and are still in the game. And to a man, they say that, yes, certainly there is a possibility that other teams used it. But I pulled a lot of players on a lot of teams and they said no. And I trust them. Now, look, they could be burning me. I was going to say, they're, they're t- that's, that's the boys club of all boys clubs, too, at the same time. Yeah, but the this fact is that a, Fires these, went out on his are, way of the boys club is kind of, the, that's the real story, too. These are long-term relationships that, uh, that I have. So I got to go by what I hear, and, um, and I'm not going by the internet. I mean, that's, that's not what I'm doing. I mean, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire there, but hopefully you learn the ultimate lesson on Friday without trout nonsense, which I told you, you got to be very careful. Oh, I, I, I was with you 100%. But again, even if he did it, does it change my opinion of Mike Trout as a, a great baseball player? Nope. Not for a second. So I guess that's where we all land too. Everyone's going to land in their different spots about it. But the boys club of major league baseball, like every other athlete boys club there is normally they protect their own first and foremost. So nobody, as much as they are probably great guys and as much as they probably, you do trust them and you should, because they've earned that and you've earned that with them, that respect. I think we all have to also put on our big boy pants and realize that if they, if it was the case that they probably couldn't say it anyway to even off the record. And I think that's just because of the unwritten rules of baseball. It always comes back to the unwritten rules of baseball. Doesn't it? Well, I'm a, I'm a half full kind of guy on that one. And I'm going to, I'm going to do innocent until proven guilty. I definitely, I love this. How did this happen? How did I become the pessimist in this relationship over the last uh, six months? When did this happen? You're the pessimist. I'm the optimistic guy. And here I am, Mr. 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 Uh, <laughs> the world is an ugly place. And you're like, nah, the glass is half full. Who are uh, you? This, yeah, 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 on this one I am. Yeah, I guess this so. I guess I've turned to that in this one. All right. The opening <laughs> drive is coming up next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage The opening drive The first play of the game From the opening play And all the way for a touchdown Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show Happy Monday I know a lot of you guys have a day off today And of course we want to remember the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday today, which is why we are not working, at least some of us for sure. Uh, but we are, and we're here to do this show. Let's start off with the opening drive. Raheem Mostert, who had a playoff game for the ages yesterday, in case you missed it. And we'll dive more into that game as well as the AFC Championship game as well. Mostert, who'd been kicked in and kicked around the league by several teams, didn't think he could make it. Last year had a nice little run, looked like he could be a player in the NFL until he broke his arm. And when it was even an afterthought, honestly, going into 2018, but slowly things started to happen, or net 19, things started to happen again, Joe. Players started getting hurt. Burita was hurt. Coleman was hurt. Jeff Wilson came in, was hurt, was healthy. But if I told you that somebody rushed for 200 yards in an NFL game yesterday, 99 times, not 9 out of 10, 99 out of 100, you're going Derrick Henry. And in this case, it was Mostert. The question is regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl, is he the starter in San Francisco next year? How far has this guy moved himself up in 2020 off that game? Well, that is a huge question. And I think part of it has to do with what happens in the Super Bowl next. It was a tremendous game, and Mostert has been very good when given the opportunity. In terms of average yards per rush, too, he was at five and a half. That's a pretty good margin right there. I think you take that. 
Uh, he had a touchdown in all of his last one, two, three, four, five, six games. So he also had seven touchdowns in his last six games combined total. Actually, eight if you throw in the one receiving touchdown he had. So he was incredibly productive from a touchdown standpoint. You saw the nose for the end zone yesterday. You also saw a Packers team that was, like, like I said on Friday, not ready for the – did not match up personnel-wise with the 49ers. We saw that the first time, and I'm not surprised at all. We basically got a repeat in a lot of ways of the blowout of the first time. So most are – I would say if they don't bring in anybody else – or if the personnel basically stayed the same year over year, Mostert is probably a middle RB2. And I don't want to go for more than that because it feels like Shanahan is the kind of guy who wants to get more people to football. So even though Mostert's had a great run, even though Mostert probably has deserved to take the lead back, he very well might be the lead back next year, but he's not going to have a, a sole backfield. And I think that's the thing we have to keep in mind. I think right now he's an RB2. I can't put him in the RB1 conversation. He's somewhere in that middle ground, but it does kind of make you wonder for a team that wants to run the football so much if they will bring in somebody else of note too, because Tevin Coleman, I think, has proven in terms of injury-wise, not quite up to the task. You know, they started with Jarek McKinnon two years ago and he got hurt and then they went to Coleman and then, you know, really down the line here for Mostert. And he's made the most of his uh, of his opportunities and I think it's a great story. But in terms of fantasy, I'm still not ready to quite buy in on him as an RB1. As great as his performance was, it's easy to be good when no one's touching you. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't see them bringing in anybody. I think they're stacked. I mean, even if there is no Coleman, it's still Mostert, Jeff Wilson, who has a good nose for the end zone. And Brita, you would think. And yeah. Brita. I mean, Coleman, really... I think, is the guy they might move on from. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's, listen, it, he wasn't that great when he played anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really have, was impressed with this kid, too. And by the way, in terms of those yards per carry, I mean, he had 10 yards per carry. It was just toward the, it was toward the end of the game. They just kept giving him the ball to run the clock out. And, of course, at that point, you're only going to get a yard. So really, uh, really impressive performance, I thought. Uh, second down here. And, again, this story can change very frequently. And there's a lot of speculation involved. So you always take these things with a grain of salt. But uh, this is you know CBS reporting that Tom Brady will meet with other teams in free agency. There's another report of getting about a house-moving nonsense, which happens all the time in sports, which really means absolutely nothing, where he moved from – wherever he was living uh, further away from Gillette Stadium. That's the kind of nonsense I don't buy at all. You know, when LeBron James has been going through his thing, they've been talking about him moving houses three, four, five times. It never amounted to anything. But it at least opens up the crack of possibility here that that door is open as a possibility, Joe, that he would at least look at another team. And uh, that is interesting because it's something we haven't heard from the best quarterback in the NFL in 20 years. So here we are. Unitas, Manning, uh, Montana, you know, most of them don't finish where they start, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's something we all have to look back on. There's very few that do. John Elway is one. Dan Marino is one. Finish where they started. Yep. Um, so it would not be an odd thing at all to see Tom Brady play in another uniform. Not for me, because I'm a realist. And I know what kind of competitor Tom Brady is. And I also know what kind of competitor Bill Belichick is. And two years ago, they sold out on Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think was the right thing to do, in order to get another Super Bowl. And they did. They did. They, they got what they, they had an opportunity there to take one fork in the road and they decided to stick with the fork that they had and they won another Super Bowl. And that is fantastic because now they got six. So it was worth it. Now you're in another spot. Well, do we want to do this again? And knowing what the Patriot way is, which is a lot of, you know, people will joke oh the Patriot way is cheating. Well, the Patriot way is being prepared and also prepared for the future and getting rid of guys or moving on from guys, even the best of the best before it's too late. Now, I can argue you could still win games and still win championships with Tom Brady. I can also argue maybe after 20-something years, everybody needs a break and they've earned it. And I don't think it would matter whatsoever. And there's a part of Brady and Belichick as competitors that probably are curious to see if they could do it without the other one. 
And if I had to put my money on somebody, I'll put it on Belichick because Belichick's already done it without Tom Brady because he won two Super Bowls as a coordinator of uh, a terrific Giants defense, not once but twice. And Parcells never won anywhere he went without Bill Belichick, including didn't get to the Super Bowl with the Patriots until somebody showed up on that staff as the assistant coach. So I think that there's, if I had to put it at a percentage, I think it's like a 25% chance he plays somewhere else. What would be the percentage you put it at? A lot less. Five, Even less. Ten. Wow. Yeah. Really? I, that Wow. Why yeah. Why so low? Yeah, it's just, I, I think that some of this is posturing at this point. Um, you know, there's ego involved, and it's nice to have this story come out. And how does it come out? Somebody that you know, knows Brady puts it out. So, yeah, I don't buy it at all. I think he goes back. Well, to you got to have some leverage in your contract, right? So, uh, hey, I, I cleared out my suite. I moved. I did this. I did that. You know, I'm talking to other teams. You got to give yourself some I leverage. I think Tom Brady comes back, plays with the Patriots in next year's his final season. And by the way, I don't think it goes particularly well, unfortunately. I, I did. That, I, I did watch a lot of Jordan Love and do a lot of Jordan Love work this weekend. And I want to have some talk about him during the week because you and I were you were starting to tell me about him. And I want to talk to you. It's not the time. Sure. Yeah. But at the tease for the later yeah, no, in the no week, problem. I want to, yeah, I want to I'm pick gonna, I'm be, brain about that. I'll be off him for sure. But it, but again, there also depends on on where you, it's it's like a fantasy draft almost. It's like if you took Jordan Love in the sixth round, I would say it's a great pick. You have nothing right. to lose. If you take him in the first round, um, it's a different scenario for me. But look, I guess again, in between is again, the question. People fall in love with these the guys team. this time of the year. Never, nothing ever changes. No one ever wants to go look back and see what this guy did in college. They all just want to take a look at the combine and what he could be and not what he has been. And that's been the problem for the year. By the way, um, you mentioned something about they got they went, they got out of, of Garoppolo. They also got out on Ryan Mallett, too. Remember that story as well. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Houston that got Mallett? Yep. A horrible trade. Uh, okay, so real quick, I, I did see the Joker over the weekend, as promised. And I just wanted to mention that because we have been talking about that for a while. And I know the Academy Awards are coming up. And uh, as illustrated, very good movie. Gr- uh, great acting as well. My only question for you is, is it kind of left me at the end thinking that there was a sequel coming and then a quick Google showed me that there is not one. So uh, I was a little surprised to see that given given the circumstances of that. But it really set it up for it if they wanted to. But according to uh, Joaquin Phoenix, there is no sequel. Right. Well, again, just like according to Brady, he might talk to other patrons, <laughs> other teams. Rather, right? Yeah, you know? I guess money. Yeah, money. Speaks. Money talks at the end yeah. of the day in Hollywood, just like it does everywhere else. But I think the reason they felt they left you with that feeling is because it is the beginning of a story. And they wanted to let you feel like, okay, and then this is where it goes from here. And you had that feeling like it was continuing. So whether they do a sequel or not, I thought that was the right feeling to leave you at the end of the film. But man, I think the last, you know, 20 minutes of that performance are really quite exceptional. I mean, that is a a guy willing to go to places that other actors aren't. For sure. All right. uh, Finally, uh, former Drexel uh, University professor for our fourth down is facing criminal charges, Joe, after he allegedly stole $185,000 in research grant money. According to CNN, he also used it at adult entertainment venues and on purchases for iTunes, meals and other expenses. He was charged this week with theft, unlawful taking and theft by deception, felonies, according to the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. He's the former chairman of the university's engineering department, and he just took all this loot and spent it on all kinds of fun stuff. Ninety six grand on adult entertainment, eighty nine thousand on iTunes. How does that even happen? Meals and unauthorized purchases. And a lot of the charges were between midnight and 2 a.m. There's a shock. I don't want to get deeper into this in terms of the specific purchases, but if you get my drift, I think I know where he was going here. I think we all do. But wait, are all those girls trying to work their way through college? Are you sure it wasn't a scholarship program you setting up for the strippers? Yeah, I, I, it didn't say that here. It, it, it didn't, didn't, oh. didn't allude to this. Okay. All right. 89000 on iTunes? 
I, that's that, that might be the most puzzling part about this. Like I don't if know. I if I hit nine thousand on iTunes, I'd be mortified. It's it's all Taylor Swift music. That's all he wanted to hear. That's <laughs> this guy's got bad blood. All right, we'll take a quick time out on the show. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today and a recap of the AFC Championship. Took all my money. Be right back. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. The Monday Replay. Rewind! The Monday Replay. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy legend? Go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season. And for a limited time, get free access to Daily Roto's PGA DFS product, including fantasy projections powered by Data Golf, PGA betting tools, and, of course, the DailyRoto.com Fantasy Golf Optimizer. Don't lay up. Go for the green with DailyRoto. Head to DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code GREEN to access your free seven-day golf membership. That is DailyRoto.com. Promo code GREEN for your free trial. DailyRoto.com. That is where billionaires are made. Yesterday in the AFC Championship, for about 10, 15 minutes, it looked like the Titans were the team of destiny. They go up 10 to nothing on Kansas City, and it didn't look like it was going to play out the same way as Houston because Tennessee's defense was playing pretty well. But Patrick Mahomes simply made some unbelievable plays in this game, including a long rushing touchdown, 294 passing yards, three touchdowns passing, 53 yards on the ground. He shattered that uh, that 20-yard rushing total that was on FanDuel. Wow, he just crushed that thing. Uh, Williams, 45 yards rushing and a touchdown, also five catches for 44 yards. Tyree Kill could have had like five touchdowns in this game. He only ended up with two, five for 67. Uh, Tannehill's yards indeed did go under, 209 yards, two touchdowns for him. Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 69 yards. The game script simply didn't uh, play in his factor. That's just uh, basically what happened. They had to throw in the second half, and Corey Davis uh, was the star receiver for them, and I use star lightly because they really didn't have one. He had five catches for 65 yards. So uh, in closing, I liked the Titans in this one. And uh, indeed, that was not the right pick by any stretch of the imagination. Although, again, in the first half, it looked like it. I mean, did did you think at the half that this game was going to play out exactly the way that Houston that the Houston game did? Because I was feeling differently about this, not just because I, I picked Kansas City the week before, but I, I thought that the Titans, because of the way that they were able to run the ball, would keep the game within striking distance, meaning covering distance. Essentially, I didn't care if they would win or lose the game. But they, but Mahomes made these plays that other quarterbacks can't make. And I got to tell you, without Mahomes' ability to run, I think the Titans maybe win or keep the game a lot closer, which, which gives me, again, playing both narratives and pause when we get to the Super Bowl. Basically, what I'm saying is, is the Chiefs are great, and certainly they look like the right team heading into the Super Bowl. But they also showed that they needed a few magical plays in order to win this game, including Mahomes rushing the ball several times when they couldn't do anything. If they're able to do that, Joe, against San Francisco, they're going to win the game. But if the 49ers are prepared and they can at least put a spy on this guy, like I don't know what the Titans were doing. They were just letting this guy run up and down. 
I think it would be a different scenario. So that's kind of the way that I saw the game yesterday. Well, I mean, to answer the, the initial question there you had, I did not think I did think it was going to play out like the Texans game. I, I thought they were going to pull away and I thought they're going to pull away after Mahomes had that run because that place got so jacked because it's one of those plays that when you have a play like that, the momentum swings so hard in a building when you're on the road that I just don't think there's much coming back from that. And you could feel the, for the first time all in weeks, maybe even going back to like December, mid-December, the Titans looked deflated a little bit after that. And that was the first time you saw it in Vrabel. You look at the sideline, you see that happen. It's like that. It's like in the Super Bowl when, you know, you watch the Falcons defensive backs looking up at the screen and you see the Edelman actually did catch that ball. And you just see the air go out of the bubble. The guy that see the shoulders drop, you see the body language and all of that. That's when, you know, you've got them. And I saw that right after that Mahomes play. And it was brilliant. So even though the score was a little tighter that you might think, okay, well, the Titans have a shot. I didn't think the game was close. I thought the, the Kansas city chiefs had all the momentum. I thought Patrick Mahomes just took the ball, took the game over. And that's what happens when you have a great quarterback. And I know I'm a broken record, but I don't care because it's a good record. It's a number one selling record. And the record is this. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. He was the best quarterback in football last year. He was the best quarterback in football this year. He didn't have the best season at quarterback this year because of a myriad of issues, including injury. But anybody who doesn't think Patrick Mahomes is the best at this position right now has not been watching Patrick Mahomes for the last two years. What he does on the field is spectacular. The throws he's able to make, the awareness, the decision-making, the ability to get out and run when he needs to. And to your point, too, about the 49ers, what gives the 49ers fits are Kyler Murray, are Russell Wilson, are Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks that can move in the pocket. The stand-up quarterbacks, like the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Kirk Cousins of the world, they eat for breakfast. But they start to get taxed when they have to chase the quarterback around because it's very tough to chase the mobile quarterback around and then continue to pass rush at that level of pass rushing. And I give the Chiefs defense a lot of credit in this game too. They were super aggressive and it cost them a lot of yardage early in this game, but they stayed aggressive. They were jumping a ton of counts. There was a ton of encroachment, neutral zone infractions, everything in the first quarter or two of this game. But they kept on trying to jump the counts. They kept trying to get ahead of things and to get to Derrick Henry in the backfield. And eventually they started to a little bit. And that was it. And Tannehill did the best he could of what Ryan Tannehill is capable of. It's a great run by the Titans. But to me, I'm looking at the Chiefs as a clear favorite. And I don't know. I guess I'll ask you this, Craig, as I send it back to you here. What was more frustrating for you, losing the money or the fact that I was right about both of these games? Because I know you hate when like, um, that never happens, but I, I was mean, right on both. I know, I know. You, that was like underneath kind of irritating to you. No, right? I, no, listen, I mean, <laughs> you were wrong on every other one. So, I mean, it's like, you go back and I mean, getting to I the week you. before you lost the ball, you, this, 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 this win you won. So, uh, listen, I know, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to have a show on Monday when you're right, then you're going to mention it. And when we're wrong, we're just going to talk, talk baseball. It's <laughs> not true. Understand. We always mention it. I'm already, you're always oh, right. Last Monday, true. you were silent. Oh, how much crap did I take? I gave myself for the Vikings. How wrong I was. It was so wrong. No, oh, no, you did not. Oh, I did. Oh, we did. Of course we talked about it. Not really. I said they beat them on both ends of the ball. They were. Yeah, but you didn't say I was wrong and I had the wrong pick. Oh, I, of course, Sean needs to play. Sean, play that back. Never. I say I'm wrong all the time. Yeah. When you're when you're prompted. Yes. Were you wrong? I'm going to ask you a question here. Go back to series because I'm just joking around with you. But do you really believe here that as great as the 49ers defense has been as, as, as physical as they played? Do you really believe? that they could take this game that they have and go against the Chiefs, who are a, probably a much better of balanced course, team and a team that can score at will with Tyreek Hill. Of course. I, I don't NFL. see how. It's the NFL. I, I, I'm going you with didn't the see how there. Minnesota, you, you said there was the biggest mismatch on paper. Minnesota matches up fantastic with San Francisco. I don't think they have a chance. Dalvin Cook is going to run wild on them. This is exactly the kind of team that San Francisco can't play against. The Minnesota Vikings, I like the Vikings. Not only no, cover, I didn't say they were the, the kind of team that didn't play against. I said the kind of team they can't play against is the time well, again, kind of has just, quarterbacks running around. NFL. Which I was right about the Seattle game oh, twice, even though they screwed up at the end of that second one. 
Look, I, I think they last have a chance. Week, what do you mean? You got Seattle wrong last so week. So where, where are you putting it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Against the, against the 49ers I'm talking about. Both right. times. Both listen, times. Listen, it's the NFL, man. Like I know it's the NFL, but now we're at the gonna Super be, Bowl. You're going to be right. This is the big dog. This is the big dance now. You're going to be right 50%. You're going to be wrong 50%. For you, a little, right. bit wrong, a little bit worse than 50%. A little bit, probably 48 But <laughs> but, but again, it, I don't – I'm not – see, you're, what you're doing is – you're doing exactly. They're I'm making another your leg here because you hate when I'm right about things and I'm not. Right I don't as hate. Much I don't hate are. when you're right. I don't hate when you're right about it, but you have to come. You said to me world. on Friday, no, the, one of these teams isn't going to. This is going to happen. And I said, no, they're both going to win by a touchdown. You could play the audio back. You could listen to it. And then I you understand, said, if you but if you play the audio the back, the the before, before, it would be embarrassing because you lost every was, single game the week before. But I'll. But I have to take. But we don't go that. Why do I only have to take the bad? Why do I never get the good? I don't dish you the bad. I don't dish it. I don't dish me all the shade. Hey Joe, how was that podcast on on Thursday? Huh? Well, when you when you well listen, how much shade did you throw me all year? How was that upset special? You loser. You dug your own grave. You said you were at seventy percent for the season. You were at thirty percent for the season. When we started, yes, and then by the time we ended up, we ended up being fifty-fifty, just like you said. No, you see were that? Not 50-50. Full circle. Not even. If close. we started out at seventy, and we ended at thirty. We were never much at, at seventy. You <laughs> to start the year, we absolutely were for the first six weeks. Never. Mm-mm. You were never at seventy. Your wife, your wife's arguments must be really fun with you. <laughs> like, I don't argue. I don't argue. She, <laughs> I just let her win. It's an easy thing to do in marriage. That's the whole, that's the whole point. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm not married. Anymore. It could be. You said it, not me. You said it, happy wife, happy life. She's always I right. That's the I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm pretty happy. So, well, you know, that's and I get to talk to you every day. So what's better than that? That's your call. Uh, okay, so Kansas City. Uh, yeah, there's a reason. Again, it's the Super Bowl. You'd be foolish to ride the public wave and don't live in the prisoner of the moment. Oh, I think everybody's riding the public wave of the 49ers blowing out the Packers for a second time when the Packers just are not even close to the same football. No, team the I don't think anybody is. The public, oh, all, all, I don't know. All the public money is on Kansas. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm going to tell you. All the money is on Kansas City right now. All of it. Well, they, well then everyone's smart because that's where it should be. Okay, yeah. And another hotel goes up in Las Vegas. That's the way. I don't know. I don't know. What was the money on last year? Was it on the Patriots? I don't know. I have to go back and check. Um, okay, Patriots so won. let's go to the Patriots one. Thank you, Joe, for that riveting information. Oh, I'm pretty sure um, the money was on them and they won. So just say that. Okay. <laughs> we don't know for sure if the money was on them or not, but I will go back and check. Uh, are the Titans poised for a run or are they one and done? Do you think they have a chance to get back here next year or no? Well, I guess here's the thing. You have to franchise Derrick Henry, right? Because I don't know if you want to make a big long-term commitment. That's going to frustrate him to a certain extent. He will get paid, but not as much as he wants to get paid. Um, and then you have to figure out is Tannehill the answer? Cause you do have a lot of options at quarterback. You have so many options at quarterback. So this is a team that it's, I think almost impossible to answer that question right now because they are a team that's in a lot of flux. I will say this. I think that Mike Vrabel is a hell of a football coach. He was a hell of a football player. I think he's done a great job with this team getting the most out of them. I don't think the Titans are going away, but it's hard to see them as more, as a juggernaut 12 win team, even if everything breaks right for them next year. I think they're a 9-10 win team next year if they keep all the pieces that they have because that just kind of feels like what the Titans are. But I do think that they would be crazy to... If they, Would you empty out the coffers for the running back in this day and age? As good as Eric Henry's been, would you do that? Would you tie up all that cap I think, I think for this team, they have to because the alternative okay. is a 10-loss is a season. So I, I don't think that this team particularly has a choice. They may have a choice with Tannehill. But I don't think they have a choice with Derrick Henry. I mean, if they were to lose him, what would this team look like? I mean, he was the whole team for two months. So Okay, so you build around Henry. Can you also then, I mean, I would imagine they can get Tannehill on a reason. I mean, do you think a lot of teams really look at Ryan Tannehill as their no, answer? Probably not. I, I have to, especially after the, the playoffs. But, you know, the thing is, too, is that Corey Davis was a very high draft pick. 
<coughs> excuse me, and so was AJ Brown. So you have to uh, believe in your scouting department and your ability to draft and and assume that you do have those weapons on the other side of uh, Derrick Henry. So and Ferks are played well too. So and their offensive line was pretty good. Well, Brown and Brown's a nice player too. I thought the defense played very well. Last, I think they just have around. to to bring. <clears throat> what they have back and hope for 10 wins. I don't know that it'll get them there. Well, but. I guess a better start would be nice. Maybe get a home playoff game. Not have to go. Well, on the yeah, road they won't times. have to deal with Mariota for a while. So, well, but you know, again, let's not forget too. I mean, the, you know, going on the road three times is tough, <laughs> you know, four, just, four times, four times in a row. Yeah. And, and to win in new England, to win in Baltimore, no small task, but those are monumentally difficult places to win. So good job by them. All right, we'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports Today. The second game in the championship weekend was certainly not nearly as exciting as the first. It was kind of over before it started. We'll get to that next. Fantasy Sports Today is back after SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia, as we take a look back on the NFC Championship, which pretty much was a blowout from start to finish. And I say unfortunately for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I believe that, all right, well, Tennessee didn't cover the first game. That means that Green Bay's got to cover the next, and that was not even close to happening. That's the first. And then the second thing is that you, you want a good game, of course, on AFC and NFC Championship weekend. And uh, I got to tell you, I didn't watch a lot of the second half of this game. I watched the first half and it was 27 nothing, and and I didn't have any props involved. So I thought, all right. And uh, that was the end for me. And really, the story of the game without question. And it's like looking at these box scores every single week for the 49ers. It's the same recipe for a win. They're running 40 times a game. It is astounding to see teams do this because this is not something that's being done in the NFL anymore. And interestingly enough, the team over in the AFC that got it done for a couple of months did it on the ground. The team in the NFC that's getting it done is doing it on the ground. Of course, uh, they also had a ton of defensive great plays in this game as well. But when you're up 27 nothing at the half, that's pretty much it in a game like this. And the 49ers just had uh, all the momentum and the Packers absolutely could not stop Raheem Mostert, who rushed for 220 yards and four touchdowns on 29 carries, 7.6 yards per carry. It was 10 yards a carry. You got to look at five of these carries. And just <laughs> at the end of the game, he just was running into the line. Uh, Coleman got hurt in this one, so he wasn't a factor. And at this point, they moved away from Matt Breida, both rushing and receiving. It is all Mostert. Uh, Garoppolo didn't throw a pass for almost two straight quarters, <laughs> six for eight, just 77 yards in this game. It was incredible. Uh, Debo Samuel, two for 46. Meanwhile, as as big a blowout as it was, the Packers were one play away from stopping the 49ers on third down and one drive away with five minutes left from actually covering the game. It just shows you how wild the NFL is. And they legitimately had a shot, just like Tennessee. I mean, both teams had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to score and potentially get a cover. <laughs> 
But uh, late field goal by Robbie Gould put that away. So Rodgers drove down the field, threw a pass. Richard Sherman picked it off, and that was the end. He threw for 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 31 of 39 passing. Not a lot to say negative about with him. One really bad pass in the second quarter, which was a pick that kind of uh, dampened any momentum. And then there was a fumble. Who knows if it was his fault or the center's fault. But uh, Jones caps off a great season, 56 yards on the ground and a touchdown. I believe he uh, also had a receiving touchdown. So he had 23 touchdowns on the season. He'll probably be a first-round pick in fantasy next year. Devontae Adams, nine catches, 138 (laughs) yards. The problem is for the Packers is that we went into the season thinking a couple of things would happen. And if you got to this point in the year, and I told you the Packers were 13-3 and three, and playing in the NFC Championship, you would have said, man, who was that great weapon on offense outside of Adams that did it for the Packers? You would have thought that getting to this point, and they didn't have one. And that it remains the problem for them. Uh, no, Allison was a zero. Valdez Scantling, who a lot of people liked. I liked him, too. I drafted <clears> him. He was the complete zero. Jimmy Graham has done the best that he possibly could with what he has left in the tank. If he plays again, four catches, 59 yards. But Alan Lazard and Jay Kumaro and Jay Sternberger, this is not the way that the Packers have to go about their business. So <clears throat> they have some work to do, I think, in the offseason of getting a, a, a drafting another wide receiver, getting another weapon on the other side of Adams. You have arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and he has no weapons. And for San Francisco, they're just running their way right to the Super Bowl. And if they are able to run the ball, if the if the 49ers run the ball 40 times against the Chiefs, the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Well, here's the funny part about that is that the Chiefs are also the team that can score in a minute after you do that. And that's what makes the Chiefs so damn dangerous if you're the 49ers. Not only, yeah, you know, you want to impose your will and run the football, and that's great. But the problem is you've got another team on the other side that throws one ball to Tyreek Hill, and they've, they've tied it up. And that's, I think, very daunting. And I think it's one of those things that kind of <laughs> takes the takes the air out of the bubble. Uh, I think this game also, and you go back and I, you know, I was able to actually watch this. I had DVR'd this one and watched it separately. And you know, kind of going play by play as you're going through, and then being able to rewind and go back and watch stuff. The the play of that, you know, the the pick was terrible. No, no doubt about that. It was a bad throw. It was a bad spot there. You know, I I'm not going to blame that on the receiver. I'm sorry. That's Aaron Rodgers. So sometimes it's the receiver's fault. That looked like the quarterback's fault. It looked like he knew it was his fault. And even great quarterbacks make mistakes. But that drive that they had going, Aaron Jones was six yards, seven yards. Aaron Jones running here. Good pass. Aaron Jones, another six yards. Then that fumble, that fumbled snap killed them there. And that was the, that was, the, you know, every game has that thing where you kind of put the pin in and go, that's it. And that was the moment where they went from being going down that drive and being almost in the red zone to turning the football over and then the 49ers turning into a score. And that was the difference. That's that's where it all went to crap, because I think I do believe that the Green Bay Packers had scored there. Maybe we are having a different conversation there, but they didn't. And that's the, the problem. You can't make mistakes in these big games like that. And on top of that, I just continue to say they don't have the personnel to match up. That offensive line of the 49ers does not get enough credit. Kyle Juszczyk does not get enough credit. They do a great job of opening holes for these guys. That one touchdown that Mostert had, it was like 16 yards, 17 yards, whatever that was, where he just ran right in, it felt like, and nobody touched him. But it was, you know, you're used to that, like on a three-yard run, the guy, you know, nobody touches him or something like that. Not for like 15 yards. I mean, nobody was even near the guy. They barely got a hand on him. And just walked into the end zone. And I think that 
the Packers, and I said it Friday, and I continue to say this, the Packers, I thought, were a paper tiger all year. I thought the Packers had some really good moments here when Devontae Adams came back healthy. Obviously, they looked better, but you're right. That third option is not in this offense. So if you can stop one of these options, like stopping Aaron Jones, or if you can stop Devontae Adams or at least contain him, the Packers have a hard time winning football games. You have to have some other option. The last time the Packers were a team of, I think, force is when you had Devontae Adams on one side and a healthy Jordy Nelson on the other. That was really tough to stop because you had multiple options there in the passing game. And they've gone to a very run-centric attack. I think LaFleur did a really good job. He got them into the playoffs after winning just one road game last year. So we already know they weren't a great road team anyway going into this. So it was a lot to ask. The Packers had a good season. The Packers made the most of their opportunities. But at the end of the day, they got their doors blown off by a team that was much, much better on every side of the ball in every aspect of the game on personnel, except quarterback, which is funny. That's the one that matters the most. But I guess it doesn't matter the most when you win everywhere else. Yeah, they're peaking at the right time, San Francisco, for sure. I mean, they lost to Atlanta late in the year. They played a wild game against the Saints. Their defense gave up 46 points late in the season. And now they're playing uh, basically like they did in the month of September. So the 49ers right now poised, no question. And uh, I'll look forward to this game. I mean, hopefully the total is very high. Hopefully that will live up to the billing in terms of a 45 or 50 point game. But right now, both teams, uh, certainly nobody is is backdooring themselves into the playoffs or even into the Super Bowl. There's that no Garoppolo line is like something out of like the leather helmet era, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like Bob. I think Bob Greasy completed six or seven passes in the Super Bowl in 72. Pretty sure. Yeah, I just I don't. You or know Earl what? Moral. Earl Moral, I want to say. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Earl Moral. And, and you know what? Maybe you can win this way. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think you can win this way when you dominate physically as much as they do with other teams. But the Chiefs' defense has played exceptionally well in this stretch. And you can argue they're the AFC version of the 49ers, as hot as the 49ers were towards the end there. That's as hot, if not hotter, the Chiefs are. And the Chiefs have an infinitely better group of weapons, including a quarterback. And I don't know, man. It just feels like this is the beginning of that Patrick Mahomes era. And maybe I'm just fanboying out on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I mean, maybe at the end of the day it is. And maybe I'm just rooting for the narrative of Andy Reid. But... I think the 49ers were the best team in the NFC. I We can sit here and and I think definitively say that now. I had some questions about that six weeks ago. I have no questions about that now, and not because they won, but because these the run they've had in the playoffs here has been absolutely dominant, where they win at the line of scrimmage all the time. But now they're facing a team that's equally physical to them, as aggressive as they are, and a team that they haven't faced that can score at will I'm trying to look back at their schedule. It's been a while. It's been all the way to that Baltimore game, a team that could used to score at will. The problem was that game had a really difficult weather situation, so you can't really take too much out of that one. Yeah, and they played well against uh, Lamar Jackson, too. Yeah, they've they've had a really great season. from start But the Saints were a team that could score at will, and that got real close, didn't it? Yeah, I guess they, they were saying that there was there were a couple of players on defense out. Uh, in yeah, Quan game. Alexander was out, you know, at that time, stuff like that, and a couple well, other I pieces. I mean, we'll see. I mean, certainly uh, anything can happen in the Super Bowl, but uh, there's a reason why the Kansas City is only a point and a half favorite, and and it's not because they're going to blow them out. I mean, if the line if if they if the line was seven, it'd be a little bit of a different story. I mean, you could clearly say, oh my gosh, the Chiefs are such big favorites, but. Uh, look, there, there's a reason I, mean, I give I give a lot of credit to the odds makers in general. They're right. And even this past week, 
the odds makers got annihilated in Las Vegas, like destroyed. Like this was probably their worst weekend when teams win like this ever. And, uh, and that's just going to happen. We'll see if they're able to make it up in the Super Bowl. Certainly, we'll talk more about the props next week. We'll get into some of those. Uh, real quick, into some other NFL news. Just uh, noteworthy here as we close out the hour. Uh, Bengals say that they're definitely not trading the number one pick in the draft, which is not a shocker. I mean, there hasn't been <clears throat> as talented a quarterback since uh, maybe Deshaun Watson coming out when he won that championship. And, of course, teams are just not making that mistake anymore. When they see players play at this level at the college level it seems like the trend is let's not ignore them so many teams passed on Watson when Clemson beat Alabama the Bengals are not going to let Burrow go so Joe I don't, I don't know if there's anything to add on this it's not a huge surprise no it would be it, infinitely it, even stupid Walker, it doesn't even make sense they can't they no. have to take the guy like there's just it, it would be infinitely stupid of the Bengals to to I mean oh, just there's there's no reason to do that I don't think there's an amount of I get here's the only scenario okay if you're the Dolphins and you give up all your first round picks to them to move up three spots, and then you drop down to Tua. That's a risk, but is it a risk you're willing to take? I say nah, no. Nah, I but that's the only. I'm I'm trying to think of a scenario. I'm playing devil's advocate because I agree with you. But is that the only scenario where they hey we'll give you a first round next year and all our first this year to move up because we love Burrow so much? Yeah, I, I'm I would listening. Have to, I would have to know <laughs> if I have Trevor Lawrence next year. I would be the goal. You know, if I if I could get everything for next year too, and just go into a tank mode again this year, but look how that that's a lot for, for the fan base. That's a lot to ask. Two years in a uh, row. Also, uh, Jason Garrett's new offensive coordinator in New York, which people are <laughs> fr- fr- freaking out about. But again, he's not the head coach. He's the OC. Fine. Why Witten's even in this conversation? I have no idea. Like, oh my gosh, Witten may return for another year. Witten actually had a much better year than I thought he was going to have. I forgot he was even yeah. on the fantasy radar. He was, he was okay. He was, he was all right. But I, I mean, he's just basically, <clears throat> we, we know he's not a broadcaster at this point. So what choices does he have? <laughs> well, there's a lot of ex-Cowboys that don't love his broadcasters. But um, yeah, I guess, look, I wasn't a big fan of Carrot as a head coach, but I don't know why I want to give him a chance as OC. I know a lot of the some of the memes are very, very funny, too, about, you know, like him leaving and then everybody giant fans getting really exciting, you know, "Ah, he's out. And now he's with your team and all that stuff that's floating around this East Coast area here up in the Northeast. But I mean, do you think this was a smart hire by them? I think it's fine. I don't have a problem with it at all. This guy with head coaching experience to help out a guy who doesn't have any at the NFL level. I think it's I I actually think it's a smart hire. It is jokes. fine. I don't know what Witten does at all, but you oh, they, 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 they have two too. there. They have I was going to say, yeah, is he better than Evan Ingram? <laughs> no, the other guy was good. Smith? Caden yeah. Smith or something? Yeah. yeah, he was good, that guy. Yeah. All right. Not, enough of that nonsense. All right. We got the first hour coming to a close here. Coming up next, we dive into some baseball. But first, it's the best of the first hour of fantasy sports today. Craig and Joe will be right back. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. 
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. If the, are you, would you empty out the coffers for the running back in this day and age? As good as Eric Henry's been, would you do that? Would you tie I, up all that? I think, I think for this team, they have to because the alternative okay. is, a, is a 10 loss season. So I, I don't think that this team particularly has a choice. They may have a choice with Tannehill, but I don't think they have a choice with Derrick Henry. I mean, if they were to lose him, what would this team look like? I mean, he was the whole team for two months. So Okay, so you build around Henry. Can you also then, I mean, I would imagine they can get Tannehill on a reason. I mean, do you think a lot of teams really look at Ryan Tannehill as their no, answer? No, probably not, I, I, after, especially after the, the playoffs. But, you know, the thing is, too, is that Corey Davis was a very high draft pick. <coughs> Excuse me. And so was A.J. Brown. So you have to uh, believe in your scouting department and your ability to draft and and assume that you do have those weapons on the other side of uh, Derrick Henry. So, and Ferks are played well too. So, and their offensive line was pretty good. Well, Brown and Brown's a nice player too. I thought the defense played very well. Last, I think they just have run. to, to bring <clears throat> what they have back and hope for 10 wins. I don't know that it'll get them there. Well, but, I guess a better start would be nice. Maybe get a home playoff game. I have to go. Well, on the road yeah, they won't have to deal with Mariota for a while. So, well, but you know, what, getting that, that, let's not forget too. I mean, the, you know, <clears throat> going on the road three times is tough, <laughs> you know, four, just, four times, four times in a row. Yeah, and and to win in New England, to win in Baltimore, no small task. Those are monumentally difficult places to win. So good job by them. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.